Mulligans and Hackers Golf Podcast, Episode 5. I'm Chris. And I'm Elvin. And it's been about a month since we've done a podcast because we've been doing nothing but golfing. I don't even feel bad about it. No. I've been playing a lot of golf and loving it. Yeah, and we've been playing well, actually. We've uh, had a few tour dates in there, I think about three since our last podcast, and a whole lot of practice rounds. And we've just been getting out to the golf course just about every day. We had a pretty wild heat wave here down in southern Alberta where we were close to 40 degrees for a solid week, which is a little hotter than I'd like. But uh, it's a little it, too it was, warm for me, but we still got golfing. Absolutely. We still played. Good golfing weather. So I think last time we talked, we were talking about heading out to Burstall for our uh, second out of town date of the year. And uh, we went out to Burstall on uh, June 12th for an out-of-town date. And I think there was only six of us that made it out there. Yes. It was, a, it was a windy day, but a fun day nonetheless. A day that started really well for me. I went par, birdie, par, 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 and then kind of lost the touch a little bit. But I still managed to pull out the win that day with a 97 Seven. and beat Dave Dave C by two strokes. Yeah, he shot a 99. That was his best showing, a second place finish. Yep, yep. So that was good for him. I finished way down in number four because I had a really rough day. Yeah, you seem to be less than comfortable at yep. golf courses not named Cottonwood Cooley. Agreed, as we'll probably talk about as we go on here. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, and. We went to Chevy's, a local restaurant, afterwards, and I think that was the best part of the day for me. Yeah, absolutely. The there. Well, we were starving. We stopped in. We got, uh, I had the chicken Caesar app, fries and gravy. Absolutely delicious. Bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't remember what Josh had, Josh had but it was delicious as well. Always got to stop in there for some food once we're done our round. I probably could have played another 18 if I wasn't so hungry, but <laughs> it was uh, it was fun to get out there. And it's kind of crazy because on the wall in their clubhouse, they have their pricing list, and it says $200 for a lifetime membership. That's crazy. Yeah. I still don't believe it. It's it's insane because, <laughs> I mean, an out-of-town membership per, for the year is like 400 bucks. Yeah. And, I mean... It's only like a 45, 50-minute drive. It's almost worth it because it's, it's such it a nice course. Yeah. Even if you only golf four or five times there throughout the yeah. year. Uh, it's it's mind-blowing. I think we might have to call and confirm that. Yeah, I mean. Because that, that might be something I'm going to just do. Just, right? Just to have it. Absolutely. So that was so that was a blast. So, so that, that uh, Burstall event put you in first place. Yes. Overall in the season standings. Yeah, I, I surpassed you finally and, and took first. And uh, I think it put me into put me in the running for the purple sombrero for the out of town points. Yeah. Although we haven't run that one up in a we haven't run those standings up in a bit, but we'll get to that. So that one was that one was good. And then I think the following day we came back and we played Cottonwood. Uh, yeah, I do that would have been event number nine, correct? Well, no, we didn't play Cottonwood as an event the next day. Oh, we, no, we, we just, just came played. back and yeah, played yeah, a practice right, round. Right. And then the following weekend we had, or sorry, no, we didn't play Cottonwood. We played Medicine Hat. Yes, that was your break did. 100 day. Yes, and that failed miserably. Why did it fail? Because, again, I'm not comfortable on those courses. Yeah, it seems like, you know, you have the game to play it. And I watch you, you hit, you hit a good drive off one on the par five at Medicine Hat Golf and Country. And you kind of duffed your second shot, and then and I, it was in your head. And then I could have just went to my van and went home. Yeah, yeah. It, which, I could, and I couldn't get it back for the rest of the day. Which is crazy because I ended up shooting a ninety-four on the Sunday, and I went double, triple, double to start, and then I played bogey golf the rest of the way. I couldn't get it out of my head. No, it's. I just it, couldn't get it out of my head. It was in my head that I wasn't going to do it, and I didn't. And there was nothing I could do that day. When you're going to get another chance here in a few weeks when we play Medicine Hat as, yep. as a tour date. Yep. And I mean that at that point the scores count, so the point big points will be on the line there. That's going to be an interesting day to see how everybody's game transfers. Clark played there on Saturday. Yeah. And I think he shot a 94 or 95. Nice. So good well, for him. I'm not surprised cuz his game's kind of coming yep. around. Yep. He's starting to play well. And then we had your break 100 day and then the following weekend we took a trip to Lethbridge. Yes, we took we took a trip out to Lethbridge. You, myself, Darren, and Josh yep. all went out to uh, Evergreen Golf Course, hoping to use the top tracers. That was 
kind of a wasted trip because the data we were getting was nowhere near what we thought we were going to get no and And i mean the first time we went out early this season the data was great we were getting great numbers and i actually i'm still using those numbers now yes and so Uh, am i for for my irons not necessarily for my woods because that has gone kind of Up. up 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 yep um but uh, for my irons, I'm still using the distance and yardages that I got at the beginning of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and it still seems to be working well. Well, I'm doing the same thing with my irons. Um, and but I mean, I've basically put my driver driver in retirement for now because it's been sliced and bad and gone to three wood off the tee if I need it. Or hybrid. And, or hybrid. And, and, uh, and my three wood, I'm getting anywhere from. 240 plus i mean yesterday i got damn near 300 yards out of it with the wind assist the wind, on, on the, wind the first assist, yeah. uh, first hole at cottonwood because i played we played me and my daughter played behind you and the wind was at our backs on one and two yes and on one and two i hit both my longest drives of the year on both of those yeah the wind was helping yes i get it but i still hit the ball straight and long on both of those and as did i, I. Was, yeah i was inside the 100 yard mark on both of them and it feels good when that happens yeah yeah, you just get the ball out there. It was right? crazy. It was crazy. For me, it's been just a, a matter of putting myself in better positions, no matter the golf course, understanding that I have lots of length with my three wood. I don't necessarily need a driver now that I'm hitting my three wood two forty to yeah. two sixty, two seventy, depending on the wind. Well, I think uh through a couple of our practice rounds, number eight, which is a drivable par four for us. Yeah. Um I'm rolling it up there really close or just off to the right green high with my driver and you're getting their same type of yardage with your three wood. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's running pretty good. And I mean, it's a lot more controllable than my yes. driver, which yes. I mean, my driver, Even if you do slice it, it's not slicing. As yardage, drastic. The yardage isn't there to get you in trouble. That's it's, right. You're, it's still playable, right? Yeah. Which is nice. And I mean, which if is what I talked to you about, about putting the driver in the bag and using your three wood and hybrid off the tees so that if you do slice, you're not putting yourself in trouble. You still have a shot at the green with your second shot. Yeah, you're playing your second, not your third, right? Yes, you're, exactly. you're, you're saving yourself shots that way. So, yeah, we went out there to use the top tracer, and, I mean, it didn't really give us the data we had hoped, but we spent an hour out there, hit some balls, uh, and then we decided to play the Tabor golf and co- or the golf course on the way home. Yeah. Um, that was been, the first time I had ever played it. It's been 20 years since I've been there, I think. And I think that close was, to twenty years, anyways. And I think Darren said that was the first time he played it. He said he'd used the driving range yeah. once or twice. Yeah. And I do believe, and Josh, that was the first time he played it. I like that course. It it was good. Um, I didn't break a hundred. I still shot. I can't quite remember, but it was. It was like one oh three. Yeah, one oh three sounds like right. And, and again, you you kind of started. You kind of yeah. you started kind of rough. You you duffed a few shots on the par again a par five to start. Yep. You hit a few duff shots. You kind of let it get in your head. You've been working on that mental game to try and get going yes, there. And, and it's been better at Cottonwood. Since since then, uh, the mental game has come around a lot. And we'll get into that too. Yeah, it's been coming around for you, which is good. I mean, that day out at Tabor was, I think... I, I enjoyed it though. I, I enjoyed it too. It was good. I mean, It was I took, good to have Darren out with us because he doesn't get... Uh, get as much golf as we hoping. As we were hoping, so it was nice to get him out of town for for a trip. Absolutely, and it was a, it was just a fun day. I mean, we hit you know we hit a hundred balls or whatever each, yeah. and then we kind of gr- jumped in the vehicle and sped off to our tee time and <laughs> jumped on the course. And I mean, we all kind of struggled on the par five to start, yeah. Yeah. and then once we kind of got going, um, I think I was plus ten at the turn because I had a double bogey on on nine, and then ten and eleven are par fives. And they're kind of reverse dog legs. Yeah. So on 10, I went driver to the corner, or not driver, three wood to the corner. And then I went three wood to the left edge, of fringe of the green, about 75 feet out right. from, from the pin. Right. And uh, it was it was on the fringe, and I didn't want to chip it because I'm pretty comfortable with my putter. So I grabbed my putter and uh, trained a 75-foot eagle putt. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Eagle. That was your first eagle of the year? Yeah, my first yeah. eagle of the year, yeah. That was uh, that was something else. That was that was something to watch. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't enjoying my day up until that point, and I that was that really turned the day around because it's not every day you see a eagle on a par five with a huge seventy plus foot putt. So right, it, it, and it was it was like, great. I looked up and and my brother Josh is standing behind the pin and he's just shaking my shaking his head as he's watching <laughs> me line up, and I'm like I don't know what he's shaking his head about. 
And then I putted it and it, and it went straight in the hole. And he's like, I didn't think you were going to hit it that hard. I'm like, dude, I had like 75 feet. I had to crush it to get it there. I was just, I just was super happy it went in. And then promptly on, on hole 11, I put my tee shot into the water for my only drop of the, drop shot <laughs> drop of the day. Shot of the day. And took a double bogey. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think I finished plus three on the back to finish with an 85 plus 13, which is the best best uh, round I've shot on a par 72 course in a long time. It's good. Uh, one of my one of my best in my I've ever shot, and it felt really good. I mean, especially not using a driver, using a controlled three wood or a hybrid, um, and just trusting my clubs to get there. So I had a blast. It was fun. It, it was a nice nice fun day. It was a nice change. From from our normal regular golf, we'll absolutely, say, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you at that point you were kind of ready to get back to Cottonwood and yep. kind of get comfortable, yep. right? And that's when my mental part of this game started to change. Was when I got back from there. I wasn't going to let that stuff get in my head anymore. Play the shots that I know I can play. Yep. And I just have to translate that from Cottonwood now to those bigger courses. I've got the shots. My driver is longer than than it's ever been. Yep. Uh, my approach You've probably shots, added twenty to forty yards yeah. in your driver this year. My approach shots are better than they've ever been, and my short game, which has always been a big part of me having success, has kind of left me a little bit. But I don't think it'll be gone for too long. No, and it's I, a feel type, yeah. and that'll come back yeah. for you, right? I um, mean, it's kind of switching between my fifty-two degree and fifty-five degree wedges uh, around the green, doing my chipping, and uh, and. I just need to stick with one. Yeah, you just you got to find what you're comfortable yep. with, right? Like early. And my putting stick, flat, the flat stick, is what it's always been. Yep. Uh, just there, never really. Never uh, hot, never cold. Never hot, never cold. Um, as we'll talk about later on another round, where. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We all know what we're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've uh, my putting has been early in the year. I was struggling a little bit with the new putter, but I feel very comfortable with my flat oh, yeah. stick now, it, and it's. Sometimes you, my flat stick just heats right up, and you, it's like I can't miss a putt. You've probably <laughs> on the practice green and putting in uh, in practice rounds and rounds. Uh, you've got a few, quite a few hundred strokes with that putter now. Yep. So, yeah, you know it now, and you got the feel for it, and it, it's it's starting to show. Yeah, and it's it's playing really well. So then the uh, the Wednesday after that weekend, we actually had our first midweek round. Midweek round, and we had six guys up for that too. Yeah, it was a after work round, so it was a little different feel for everybody. You yeah. know, you weren't rested up. You were everybody worked all everybody day. Everybody worked kinda, all day and kind of rushed to the golf course to see what you could course. do, right? Yeah. And what were the standings that night? Well, I got first place that day with a plus fifteen, shot an eighty-one. That was a really good round for me. Yep. Um, you picked up second place with a plus sixteen, uh, shot an eighty-two. Yep. Um, then uh, Chris McKeon shot an eighty-three. This was this was definitely our closest round we've that's, ever had. Yes, that's right because I think every like the top five or top six were separated by five or so six then strokes. Big Dave C uh, finished in uh, fourth with an eighty four plus eighteen. Jeez. <laughs> Clark finished at uh, plus twenty two and eighty eight, and then Josh finished uh, plus forty three and one oh nine. So first, second, third, and fourth were one stroke apart. And I don't think we've ever been that close before. No, I mean we've had a couple spots that have been that way, but not that big of that a group, big, yeah. right? So, so that we, was that was a lot of fun because everybody, in everybody the, was in it. Plus fifteen to plus eighteen—that's our bogey range. Yep, that we all kind of play. So it really played out for us that day, and it was that was a lot of fun because it was really close, and we were all, you know, we were all guys were all in the carts together and we knew we were all close and it was it was it was a lot of fun just adds to the it adds to the camaraderie and, and you know we're all competitive so we want to win yeah and, and i mean we get out there and it you puts bet. a little bit more pressure on your shots right so you hit a bad shot and you're like ah okay i gotta recover here <laughs> so, you, so then the overall standings after that still had you in first place with three wins yeah i think i was and, just ahead of you by 150 or something like uh that. yes 150 points and that put me at three wins Yep. So you had three after that one. I had three event wins after that one. Chris McKeon has two, and Darren still has his lone one. Yep. After that, so I was 150 points behind you. Yes, and then I think the so the 23rd, 24th, 25th. So then the Sunday, the 27th, was our next round. Yep. Uh, out, again out at Cottonwood. Yep. And I do believe you won back to back. Yes, I won that one as well. Uh, that was the best round. I've ever had down there. Right. And I think you and Chris were dueling all day. We were. Um, 
I shot a 75 plus 9. So there was a lot going right. I was two under through the first five holes. I've never been two under on a golf course ever. That's awesome. And through the first five holes, I was two under. And that gave me the leeway, I guess, to play a normal round after that. Yes. Because I did double bogey number nine. Yeah, I think once you typically, lately at least, once you get through six, six or seven, then you kind of yep. you kind of play kinda play just play bogey golf, par bogey yeah type thing. That was a good one. So at the turn when we made the turn after nine, Chris McKeon actually had he was plus two. Yes, and I was plus three after the turn. So he had a stroke lead on me making the turn because he bogeyed number one. Then ran off a string of seven pars Oof. in a row. That's crazy. I don't know if anybody's going to beat that this year. Seven pars seven in a row is pretty wild. That was wild. So I knew I was having a good round because I had started two under. Yeah. I didn't, and I really and we were in the same cart. You really weren't so talking we were, about so, it. So we were just kind of we were writing down scores. We weren't really talking about it. Then when we got to nine and counted it. I was like, geez, dude, you have a stroke. Like, I played well, like, out of this world well for the first nine. You played even better. Yep. Like, two bogeys, and that's it. Everything else was par. So that was fantastic. And then when we got to the back nine, I continued to play my... I, uh, well, the back even a little bit better than my normal golf. Yeah, the back man- the back tends to be a little bit. I managed to bogey. For I you. managed to bogey the par five, which is huge, and that is huge for me. Yeah, yeah, that so really I, sets your back. I nine. got through uh, the two back to back par threes with pars. Then I bogeyed fourteen, the, 14, the par five, and I, I I knew I was in the in the running for that, but I didn't know the score was going to be quite that good at the end. Yeah, again, seventy five. Yeah, I'll take that. You yeah. bet. You bet. So then Chris McKeon finished second. His back nine, I wouldn't say fell apart, but uh, it wasn't as good as his front nine. So he finished with a 79 plus 13, which still, for us, that's a really good score. Yeah, he went plus 11 on the back. But I mean, he would tell you that he 16 and 18 have kind of been getting him yep. lately, yep. which are the two par threes yep. on the back. Because I believe he triple bogeyed both. Yes, and, and that was and that was, yeah, that's he, six strokes, right? That's six strokes right that, there. That's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. So then you finished third with an 89 plus 23, not your best showing. Oh, I played terrible. I, I even brought up my driver a couple of times because I just <laughs> knew I was out of it just trying to hit some balls. And I mean, honestly, I ended up tied with Dave, who was in yeah, our right. group. And I, I probably could have solo thirded, but I was kind of at the point where I was just having a not a good day. Yeah. So, so Dave, Dave, big Dave, uh, he finished plus 23, 89 as well. Uh, Clark finished uh, plus 26 and 92. And Josh finished uh, plus 44, 110. So you didn't have a great day either. The yep. over, overall standings after that, I jumped ahead of you again. That's so right. So now I'm holding down first place again. Yes, going into our next event, which is this coming Sunday. By 200 points. Yes, and I will not be and attending this, be here. this so event. This so will be, I am playing this event, and this gives me more points ahead of him. So whatever happens, happens. Yeah, um, I'll be gone because I'm leaving on Wednesday. To uh, We're going to go on a little holiday. We're heading up to Calgary Wednesday night. And then Thursday morning, we're going to drive out to Canmore, play uh, Silvertip. Out in Canmore. Nice. And then uh, after that, we're going to go check into our uh, hotel in Kananaskis. And Saturday, we're going to play. Last year, we played Mount Kidd uh, on the Kananaskis golf course. This year, we're going to play Mount Lorette. So then we're going to play that on Saturday and get get some different mountain courses in, which is always fun and exciting. And, nice. uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy the, the fresh air out in the mountains and get a little get away from this heat a little bit. <laughs> I, I will gl- gladly sacrifice a few points just to uh, get out there Take some pictures, please, so we Absolutely. can post some pictures of that. Yeah, you betcha, there. man. I, I will be taking a ton of photos. It's always beautiful out there, man. So always. that that last, those back-to-back wins put me ahead of you in uh, overall wins for the uh Correct, because you have four course. now. So now I have four. And I have you three. Have three. Yep. Chris M. has two, so he'll have a good chance of finishing first this weekend. Yes, he's been playing there. well. So he's, he's been, been playing, playing well. well. And, and and you know who else has been playing well? Dave C has been playing really well. Yeah. Um, that day actually, Dave C was in my group, and we both kind of had work stuff going on in our head, so we really weren't mo- we really weren't one hundred percent focused. Yeah. It's golf is a tough enough game to play, let alone when you're not <laughs> not there mentally. Yeah. So that was a, a tough goal for us, but we'll be we'll bounce back. That's. Uh, well, that's, that's not what, a big deal. That's what we're doing it for, right? right? We're we're have, we're playing lots. Eventually, of golf, so. you're going to miss a weekend, and yep. uh, and we'll just capitalize on those points. You bet. So, I mean, we made a couple of changes to the schedule. Yes, um, we were supposed to have a 
tournament date on July 3rd, um, but we canceled that July one. July 17th. Oh, yeah, but it was just this July 3rd, okay. like sad, this past Saturday. Okay, we right, were so, right, We right. were supposed to have because a tournament Because it was date. a holiday weekend. Yeah, we canceled it because a lot of guys were out of town. And actually, uh, we got up early, yep. uh, me, you, and Josh, and we played around at 710, which yep. wasn't... We didn't play great. Like, I think I shot an 82 and you shot an 83. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't great. And then we both actually played another 18 later in the day. Because yep. my dad came down from Calgary, uh, brought my sister, and we took her out on a big course for the first time. Um, so we we ran out a uh, another 18 holes. Uh, I shot a 79, which I was quite happy with. Mm-hmm. I, I Again, I hit some shots I just didn't like. And I'm like... you. We're starting to get pretty comfortably around that 80 range, yeah. and we're leaving shots out there, right? Mm-hmm. And then so uh, that morning round that we played, um, number eight. Uh, so I, I've eagled that hole already once this year. Yep. Saturday morning, crushed my drive. Oh, it's beautiful. It, it was curving perfect. Right, the pin was in a money spot. There's a picture on our Instagram page and Facebook of where my drive ended up. It was just over a punt, putter length away from the pin. It's probably on about the green. 40 inches. I'd say. Yeah, away from the pin. Yep. For my third look at an eagle, I've made two. This was my third attempt, and I botched the putt. Yeah, you just you pushed it. You didn't well, finish I, your stroke. I, you just I, kinda... just used the, I, I twisted my upper body. I didn't use my arms, and I totally botched the eagle putt. Tapped in for birdie, so I did get the birdie. But that is one of my best drives ever. Yeah, you, you crushed that perfectly. The tees were up a little bit, yep. which was nice. Which put it in range. But, uh, but I mean, it put it in like actually landing it on the green range, yep. which was perfect instead of rolling up. And you just hit a really, really nice shot. So really, like three attempts at eagle already this year. Yeah. And I've never had I've never had a chance at eagle before this. Well, and I mean on, and we actually did something fun on July 1st. Yes, we We, we signed up and we played in a, uh, a little tournament. A little a double scramble? Uh, yeah, a doubles kind of scramble tournament down at Cottonwood. We signed up and we played, and it was the first. Uh, it was only nine holes, but the first three holes um, were Ooh, best, best ball. ball. Yeah. The second three holes were alternate shot, and the final three holes were best wh- whichever the your, the two partners takes the best score. You take that yeah. one. Yeah. So I mean, hole one, we had a chance at birdie. Yep. We parred it. Hole two had a chance at birdie. Made you it. missed it. I didn't get me the line. <laughs> yeah. I drained it. Hole three. We parred it. Yeah. Hole four. Well, was, this is the hole four. So this is where we get into yeah. the alternate shot. Yeah. So we got into we alternate shot. We definitely don't play from the same areas on the golf no. course. No. And I mean, hole and, and the thing with the alternate shot was whoever tees off on four tees off on six. And we made the decision for me to tee off on four because I can drive six yes. around the dog leg. Yes. So on four, I get up with my gap wedge and I towed it and it goes right onto the tee boxes uh, on, on five. On five. So uh, you, up above. So you gave me the you gave me the second shot on the tee box on number five. Yep. And, and, was, and you almost made a really good <laughs> shot out of it. You landed hit it just the, a foot long. I did it and hit the down slope and rolled off. And so So I chip so I made it actually a pretty solid chip. I, I gave us a chance at looking at bogey. Yes. And then we, we missed, missed the, the bogey putt and then tapped in for double. So we, we double bogeyed there, so our one under turned into a one over after that one. Which wasn't terrible. No. Uh, I mean, that was okay. And then the next hole. And then on five, you kind of you kind of duffed your, your five wood, but put it in a good spot. It wasn't I, in a terrible spot. So I duffed my five wood. I got a bunch of yak yards, and I left you a 100-yard shot to the green. And I and I came up short. <laughs> I came up just short. So I didn't hit a full short. gap wedge. So then I get up with my, my, with my, uh, my wedge, and I just want to chip on. Well, I scared. Skull it the length of the green. Yeah. What a terrible shot. So then I grab my 60 and I'm like, okay, the whole green is slanted towards the pin. I'll just land it about halfway there and it'll roll. Well, I landed about halfway there and it stopped and didn't move. (laughs) And I think we were like 30 feet. The greens are aerated. The greens were aerated. Yeah. And that's caused a little bit of havoc the last few rounds that we've been out. I'm glad we didn't have a, uh, an event day since they've aerated the greens. Actually, that's a good point. Because it was causing a little bit of grief with some putts. Yeah, because you never know what's going to happen, right? So anyways, I I chipped on, and then we ended up three-putting to take a a triple bogey. To take a triple bogey on a hole that we... We we we, should par all the time. Well, at least. Yeah, it was was bad. It was just a bad showing, and that kind of put us out of the running. So then, number six. Yeah. So what we did this alternate shot strategy for... If we wouldn't have screwed up those holes, so you get up and tee off on number six. Yep. Did three wood? 
Yeah, three wood. I always yeah, always three wood. Three wood cuts the corner, and I I wasn't quite sure he made it, and he's like, yeah, I think we're there. So we drive up around the bend and look, and there he is sitting right on the green, center green, center green. Yep, with he a made, chance at eagle. He made the shot. He made the shot that we wanted. Yep, but we just didn't make the two holes count before that. And I mean, we got up there, and so then you had the eagle putt, and that's a tough green to putt on. It is, yeah. So I mean, it kind of went right on us. We didn't make the eagle, and you left me a very, you left me a tough birdie. Yep. But we were able to drain it. Yep. Take the bird. Yep. And then uh, we went par. We we parred the par three on the number seven. Yep. Number eight, you pulled your tee shot out of bounds, which is just yeah. crazy. Yeah, I don't do that on because again, number eight is my eagle hole, but I, I yeah, I faded it a little bit, and it went OB. And then I. Uh, I kind of hit mine along the ground, and then I ended—I mean, I ended up shooting bogey, which is what we had to take, yeah. which is unfortunate because that's a, again a scorable hole for yeah. us, right? Yeah. And then nine, we ended up taking bogey as well. Yes. And so that kind of that kind of put us out of the running for for any well, prizes. and I mean, so we finished we finished plus four, and we easily could have finished like even or even, negative yeah. one, yeah. negative two. And I mean, ultimately, the teams that won were even. I think there was five or six teams that were at even par, yeah. and that uh, so they just randomly drew the winner. I feel like we could have won that tournament, but that's okay. Well, that, so it was we, fun. It was our first time going out and doing a scramble like that, like, and different strategy, right? Yeah. Like the alternate shot, kind of. By the time we got to set, uh, to six, we had it figured out. Yeah, but it took us a couple holes to yeah. get it going, yeah. which was okay. Um, so hopefully that bodes well for our next. Yes, because we're canceling the tournament date on July 17th, which was going to be the out-of-town date for Bow Island. Yep. And the reason we're doing that is because we are going back to Rolling Hills for the Men's Open Scramble Tournament. Yeah, so we picked um, a team from our Mulligans and Hackers to take out there. Absolutely. We're going to represent Mulligans and Hackers out there. Myself, uh, you, uh, Darren, and Chris M., all, all the winners on tour, yep. are getting together to put together a scramble team. And we're going to go and play in Rolling Hills, yeah. which is a course I love. We're, we're going to go out there and try and win. And I think we have a really <laughs> good chance with the four of us having an opportunity to hit each ball. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a chance to lay down a really good score out there for us. And that's coming up on July 17th. So after I get back from holidays the following weekend, yeah. what is and I'm pumped about that. I'm I'm, actually I am really super ex- excited. Four of us taking a road trip out there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we're going to go play some golf. We're going to have some steak dinner. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just going to be a blast and, and we love that course. They love us out there. Uh, they threw a, they shared our uh, podcast up on their, uh, Facebook story, which uh, is awesome. which is awesome. Yeah. We can't wait to go back there. And as soon as we seen the scram the scramble tournament, it was kind of, you know, I made a phone call, kind of got the details on it. I'm like, yeah, we got to go. Yeah. That's something we got to so do. So we'll, we'll postpone the Bow Island one for a week. Yes. Yeah, so we're postponing the Bow Island one to August 7th, yes. which would have been a Cottonwood date, but we're moving uh, August 7th to Bow Island. And then August 8th will be Cottonwood. Yes. And I do believe after talking to my dad on the weekend while he was down on Saturday, he is going to be attending both those. Nice. He's going to come down for that weekend. Nice. So he wants to get it two more event days. In. That'd be awesome. So that'll be good. That's what I said to him. I mean, playing out in Bow Island is pretty fun. Um, it is a nice course. Yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's another beautiful. one that if you can hit the ball straight, you can yeah. have success, you can right? Have success, you just yeah. got to keep it out of the crap and out of the trees out there. So that's so I guess good. that's where we are with our mulligans and hackers, right? Yeah. So and all of our uh, event days are, we're caught up with, um, we're going to go do a tournament. We did the Canada Day tournament. Yeah. And I mean, if you guys are, uh, if you ever wonder what's happening in the mulligans and hackers world, uh, check us out on our uh, Instagram at mulligans and hackers golf, Facebook at mulligans and hackers golf. Check out our uh, podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, we're listed on there. Give us a subscribe, hit subscribe, give us a, a like, give us uh, five stars, give us some feedback. If you guys have any questions that you uh, want to hear us talk about or things that we you'd like for us to talk about, send us a shout out. Uh, we got an email yeah. at mulligansandhackersgolf at gmail.com. We do, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, going back to that, this is our last call for pre-buy for, yes, for, for, our our shirts. Ch- for our shirts. We're going to let it run for one more week. Uh, and then we're going to close it and we're going to make our order. Yeah. So I think we got 10 or 12 shirts right now yeah. to order. So if anybody else wants any, please reach out to us either on messenger, email, uh, let us know what you want and we'll add you to the list. 
and then we'll deal with payment when it needs to be done. We're on. Speaking of Instagram, we're on, we're on our way to uh, 500 followers on Instagram. We're at 488 as of today. I believe. Holy smokes! So that didn't get, take long get, at all. Getting close to 500, which is cool. Jeez, and uh, a lot of interaction on uh, on Instagram too. So I started listening to some other podcasts. Yeah. Um, and we've been chatting with them on the Screws podcast. That's a Canadian one, Glorified Donkeys, which <laughs> which is a, a bunch of caddies in the States, and they tell caddy stories. Uh, I laughed out loud at the last episode, and we've been chatting with those guys too. So uh, please check out Glorified Donkeys on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They're hilarious. Listening to those guys tell stories about caddying, because they're just caddies for golf courses. Hilarious. They've Lo- seen some wild stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's some stories there that are laugh out loud. <laughs> um, and again, the guys that put that podcast, those guys are really good. Their newest episode should be this week, Wednesday, maybe. Okay. And so in all these podcasts that I'm that I'm listening to now, ours is new guys getting into the podcast. Yeah. Or getting into golf, I should say. And just, you know, we're just entering this world of golf. Yep. So that's, that's kind of our niche. On the Screws Golf is out of Ontario, and they he talks about actual golf courses that he's visited, and he talk he does specific golf courses. A breakdown of them. So that's his niche, and that's really cool. And I listened to the the last one he had the uh, thirty six a day guy on there. Okay, um, uh, Mike Johnny, uh, and he's a Canadian golf blogger, and they were talking about all these different golf courses. Yeah, and it was really good and really informative. Really liked it. So check out. Uh, Check out on the screws golf thirty six a day. We'll be talking about those guys, or we'll be talking about uh, Mike Johnny, maybe a little later, because we've had some interaction with him too, and uh, we'll get to that in another podcast. Glorified donkeys. Well, that's caddies talking about golf. That's just hilarious and a lot of fun. So that's their niche. That's great. And put that podcast. Are um, they talk about the PGA, the pro golf? Yep. So that's their niche. So. In all these four podcasts of Mulligans and Hackers, uh, On the Screws, Glorified Donkeys, and Put That Podcast, you're getting all different avenues of golf. Absolutely. Getting your fill of everything. You're getting your fill of everything when it comes to talking about golf courses, talking about pro golf, stories about golf, the caddies, uh, and us just getting into this whole thing. So there's there's a great plethora of uh, golf podcasts out there that can get you any niche that you want. Yep. Whether it's new to golf, whether it's golf courses that you want to visit, whether it's just stories talking about golf or uh, talking about pro golf and giving predictions and, and talking about the uh, PGA and LPGA coming up and giving their thoughts and uh, picks for who's going to be challenging on that weekend. So, Speaking of picks, last time we talked, we, uh, we had done a uh, U.S. Open pool amongst our Mulligans and Hackers golf members. We did. Uh, going into U.S. Open weekend, uh, as the and we did it based. Uh, we did a snake draft based upon the standings at the time, which meant that at that time I was in the lead, so I got first pick. Uh, with my first pick, I took the eventual winner, John Rom. Yeah. So enough said. <laughs> you won. You won it, and it was good for him. Yes, it was fantastic. It was really you know, coming him. off what happened uh, at the previous tournament where they pulled him with the the positive COVID test, he was nothing but humble about it. Uh, he said all the right things. Uh, he was not, you know, he wasn't angry at anyone, uh, and he basically said everything he needed. And it was it was awesome to see him win. Um, it was a close close round. Oosthuizen was uh, pushing all day, and Rom really what really gave Rom the win was he made two crazy good putts on seventeen, 17 and, 18 and eighteen yeah. to make birdie yeah. and really apply the pressure. And, and then Oosthuizen uh, uh, hit his Oosthuizen hit a hit a. Or took a bogey on 17 yes. because he went OB. Yep. And and after that, he needed an eagle on 18, which is a drivable par 5. Uh, he needed an eagle on 18 to force a playoff, and he just couldn't get it done. No. And it was it was awesome. John Rahm is quietly becoming one of my favorite golfers. Yeah. He's just awesome to watch. So, so strategic, great with the putter. His short game is amazing. Uh, and he just he hits a big bomb just like everybody out there, right? So I mean, we had we had John Rahm winning the U.S. Open. We also had uh, Garrick Higo or Higio uh, from the European Tour. He came over and he won the Palmetto Championship for her his first, very first PGA Tour win. Uh, we also had the Travelers Championship uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. 
uh, Harris English and uh, Kramer Hickok went eight playoff holes. <laughs> they finished tied. Yes. They went eight playoff holes before uh, before Harris made the only birdie in the playoffs. Yeah. They were going par, 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 par up until Harris made the birdie. Kramer Hickok lipped out about four times with a chance to win. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't meant to be. I was happy for English. Yeah, I mean, I would have been happy with either guy winning. Yeah, it was just, it was a good battle. Yep. Just a battle of, of who wanted it more. And then, I mean, we just had the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And again, yesterday we watched a another playoff. This time there was three guys tied. It was uh, Davis, Neiman, and Merritt were all tied after 72 holes. Uh, they went to the first playoff hole. Uh, Davis and Merritt parred. Neiman took a bogey, which dropped him out. And then Davis and Merritt slugged it out for another four holes before Merritt missed a par putt on uh, the fifth playoff hole to give Davis his very first career uh, PGA Tour event Good for win. Him. And just before that tournament started, DeChambeau and his caddy parted ways. That's right, yes. They even played the practice round together. Yep. Yep, they and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And did you see the video of Phil? Because Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau played a practice round together. And on that practice round, while Bryson was teeing off, the video's out there. You can go watch it. It's it's, it's hilarious, actually. It's absolutely hilarious. So Phil pulls Bryson's 8-iron out of his bag, puts it on his knee, and puts a kink in his shaft on his 8-iron and sticks it back in the bag. And just looks or starts looking around like nothing's happened. And his his caddy is looking like, did you just pull a club out of the bag? Because his caddy is out. The caddy Bryson's caddy is obviously watching him tee off. Yeah. So Phil got the club out, put the kink in it, had a look at it. Yeah, that's a good bend. And and put the returned the club to the bag, and the caddy was like, "What what are you doing?" And he didn't see it. So I would have loved to have seen Bryson pulling his eight iron out of that bag sometime down the road <laughs> and going, "What the hell is this?" What happened here? But I wonder if that had anything to do with him and his caddy finally breaking up. I have no idea, but it's interesting because they won the U.S. Open together. They've won eight tournaments together. Yeah, so eight, it's eight, eight championships together. It's very weird that they would part ways. Yeah, and but, again, and again, it all comes out that it's mutual and that you know the relationship that's around its course. But and I do believe he had a Cobra rep or a Cobra, a guy that works for Cobra, yeah. ended up being his caddy, his caddy for the yeah, tournament. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of funny. It is hilarious. So um, on the PGA or on the LPGA side, uh, three weeks ago, uh, Nellie Cordia won the uh, Mihir LPGA Classic. Really good turn for her. And not only did she win that one, but the week after, she won the uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Now that propelled her into number one overall in the world, right? And dropped uh, Jin Young Ko to number two, right? So this past weekend. Jin Young Ko decides that she's going to win this tournament, so she wins the Volunteers of America Classic. Doesn't quite take back the number one overall spot. But, but add some pressure she, there. But she is now like, okay, I lost number one, I'm getting it back. So she wins the tournament the week the week after she lost the number one overall world ranking. So good on her for uh, stepping up to the plate and getting back into that. Absolutely. It should be an ex- exciting uh Lots more tournaments coming both ways for the PGA and the LPGA, so that'll be good. Um, and I mean, we we're just gonna enjoy the golf. The weather's gonna tone down a little bit here, so it's not quite so crispy out there. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we're gonna get as much golf as we can in. Um, I'm gonna enjoy my holiday out in Kananaskis. So I'll make sure to post some pictures and uh, take some pictures of the, the beautiful courses out there. And I finally got my daughter out playing golf on the golf course not just driving the cart the last week yeah so that's been a lot of fun i even bailed on you and josh yesterday to take her out for uh for 18 yes because we were going to go out together and then you uh, messaged me and said you were going to go out with murray so you went out there and you did your thing so and that and was awesome she's playing well i've got some videos of her out on the golf course and uh with a little bit of work, she'll, she'll she's driving the ball well. She's really almost out well. driving you from the from the whites. From the whites, it's it's amazing. So number two, I do believe that Cottonwood is the longest par four they have. Correct. She hit it in two from the whites. That's awesome. So she hit her drive, and this was uh, that's like three hundred ish yards yeah. from the whites. So she 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 hit her drive, and then she took her five fairway wood and put it right on the lower part of the green, putting for birdie. That's awesome. Yeah, and so and then on number seven, she teed off from the whites. She hit the green. She make her par putt. 
She did not. Uh, <laughs> ah. She did not. But, but, yeah, again, but I mean, she's but making the green. She's double bogeying a lot because the finesse game around the green, the chipping and putting, which and the takes putting, a lot. the putting takes right? time. But um, it's been a blast getting her down there, and I can't say enough about youth on course. And I can't believe it's not in every province in, in Canada yet. It's only Alberta and Ontario. That's crazy. Somehow it's got to, I don't know how, but... It's got to be available in BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. The I more mean, youth that get out there and play, the better. You're like, you're just you're developing your future uh, memberships members. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? I mean, right? there's there's going to be the odd one that turns out to be really really good yeah. that that could potentially yeah. go on to you know play on the tours or whatever. Yeah, and I, I just started following Youth on Course on uh, Instagram, and because uh, they're they're out of they're out of the U.S., so I think it's an all the states and only two provinces here. Okay. But I can't say enough about it for it's really helped Marie in in giving her some purpose doing something. Yeah. Some competition with herself. Yeah, something to get out and, and, uh, and enjoy, right? And I mean and really all it took all it took was a couple of good shots um, on Tuesday and she was hooked. Just like that. So Saturday I asked her if she wanted to go and she said yes, so she played a lot of holes on Saturday. She didn't play all 18, but she played some, and she made some really good shots. That's when Sunday. Yeah. Um, we were, we had. Yeah, we booked a late. We tea booked time. a late tea time. Yeah. And I think it was in the afternoon. She messaged me. Said she said, "Dad, I'm feeling golf today." And I'm like, "Well, if you're feeling golf, I'll make a tea time, and I'll just bail on my guys if you want to go, because I'll take you anytime you want to go." Yeah, absolutely. Because I would rather have her have her at the golf course, playing golf and having fun like that, than sitting in a room. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. you got to jump on that you whenever bet. you can. So whenever she wants to go, it's like, yeah, we have a tea time book for tomorrow. Oh, nice. You bet. Nice. Uh, uh, we always go out usually on uh, Tuesday because it's Ladies League. Yes. So, so we, you get nine in after. So we get the last tea time before, before, la- before, tea, before Ladies League starts. We get the last tea time. And we can only play nine, but we get that nine in every Tuesday. We've done it for at least a month now. And now we're getting extra games in. Like, I played three rounds this weekend. Two, two in one day, which is pretty which big is, for you. Yeah, 30, 36 a day. 36 a day. That's, that's pretty uh, crazy for, so you, that's for my, you. That's that's my first 36 a day this year. And you know what? You you shot a 77, 77 the yeah. second time around. Yeah. And I mean, so you went 83-77. I went 82-79. I mean, we both so the felt 70, pretty decent. So the 77 was no birdies and no double bogeys. Yeah, and you're making pars. Right, pars and bogeys. Pars and bogeys. We'll, well get you into that mid seventies. Well, I have read a stat there a while back. It says that the average PGA Tour player uh, makes three birdies per round, but it's they avoid bogeys. Yes, it's bogey avoidance. Or that double, may, double bogey avoidance. Yeah, bogey yeah. and double bogey avoidance, and and that makes a difference. Yep. Yep. Like that's why they're so good because they'll just par everything. You get up and down for saves and you par it. So it's not about necessarily making a ton of birdies. No, it's it, just it, making it's your pars. Making your pars and capitalizing on the the good shots that you make, getting that birdie right. Correct. Yeah, and bailing yourself out of trouble when you get in the trouble. Yeah, right? yeah, you and know? I mean down at Cottonwood, you're very very comfortable down there. So I mean you're going to be tough to beat down at Cottonwood for the rest of the year. I think you're putting up some really good scores. I, I just want to see your game progress to the point where when you go to a different course, I can you, you don't start drowning. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's part of the mental of, okay, it's just one bad shot. Yeah, right? it's, it's just it. One, it's just one bad shot. Everybody makes bad shots in a round. If you, you can just get shake off them the off. Hole, if you can get off the hole with a double bogey or even a triple bogey, the round is not over. No. You, okay, so you triple bogey this one. You go out and par the next one. Yeah, exactly. Or the next two. So that, that's, where my men, that's where the mental part of it is starting to come around for me because – I'm having a lot of fun now. Yep. I just need to be able to translate that to different courses, right? I use that Imagine Golf app, and I just, you know, I listen to a lot of different calming things or, or different books about golf to kind of, you know, to just bring a guy back to a mindset where it's, you know what, if you hit a bad shot, shake it off. You you see the shot in your mind, and you get up there and you hit it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's been a lot of my approach game is and really putting myself in a position where and understanding like on a course like Cottonwood, longer isn't necessarily better for me. Nope. It's you need you need your your, your hundred yard shot. Yeah, I need my gap so, wedge in my so, hand so, so I can what, just dial it. Whatever in. club gets you off the tee to a hundred yards <laughs> is well, what that, I need. You, it doesn't have to be driver. It doesn't have to be three wood. It can be your hybrid. It doesn't it even can, have to be a hybrid. It could right? be an iron. It could be an iron, right? To get you to that one hundred 
yard gap wedge. Yep. And once and I get the hundred yard gap wedge, I mean, on eleven twice, like on Saturday when we played, I hit my approach shot to within like twelve twelve inches a foot for an easily makeable birdie. Yep. And then the second time out, I did the same thing. I hit my I I missed off the fairway to the right down in the valley, which is a typical miss on that hole. But the first one, I was on the fairway. The second one I missed down in the valley, again, gap wedge, about 100 yards out, up and over. And I was probably about 18 inches from the pin. And I just, I missed that birdie, but I made the I made the par. And it's, you know, you're setting yourself up for really good yep. opportunities when so you're now, it like that. Since the season began and we were, we were, we were in the low 90s yep. when we kind of started. And then we started to get it creep into the 80s. Yep. Right? And now we're into the low 80s and we're creeping into the 70s. Yep. Is there a chance that one of us, before this season ends, gets into the 60s? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, I've seen you put up, I've seen you put up 36, 37 on the front. Yep. I mean, Chris has done the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's very possible. It's just the difference is between the three of us, because we're, we're basically in golf the most out of everybody, and probably have the best chance of doing that is your game translates really well when it's fair weather out there. Agreed. So does Chris's. Agreed. Chris and you play absolute lights out when, yeah. when it's perfect conditions. When it's when it's not too hot, not too windy, we're fair weather golfers. Yeah, you guys play absolutely lights out. And I mean, I tend to play roughly the same no matter what it is. Yeah, no matter what the conditions are. But you guys are like, if you have scoring temperatures where it's nice... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if one of you guys gets into that 60 range. That's something. Like, I mean, that's plus plus so, three. Plus yeah, three or yeah, better. Yeah, so so it's a 66 course. Yep. Par 66. A 69 at plus three would be out of this world. That right? well, That'd be just crazy if someone can do it this year. So, but, I mean, again, it's there. But we, we're, we're watching our scores creep down. Yeah. And that's, that's just where my mind goes. So, so uh, you know. 79, 78, a 77, a 75. I'm seeing those scores now, especially for me in the practice rounds and even in our event days. Well, I hadn't I'm broken, seeing- so I hadn't broken, I hadn't broken 80 yet this year. I'd hit 82 to three times. And then coming into this past week, I hadn't broken 80 yet. So when, uh, Wednesday evening after work, Josh and I snuck out for a round late in the night. Uh, or later in the evening, I shot a 79. Yep. First time I broke 80 so all year. So there we are, right? So that, that, then I hit it. You see that constant score yep. progression, right? So you're, you, you hit so a 79. So then Saturday right? come out, I hit an 80 to 82. Yep. I'm like, okay, that's yep. not, not not the greatest. I mean, there's I left some shots out there, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep. Then, you know, the afternoon comes and I shoot another 79, and I'm like, okay, yep. I can do it. Yeah, you bet. You, you just bet. Set, you set yourself you up bet. for the, uh, you know, the thing with me is make the turn – comfortably where you're not you know don't if you put up one big number who cares wipe it away go go line up a bunch of pars and that's all that's all you have to do is if you you know if you put up a triple bogey let's say i mean you want to avoid the doubles and the triples but if you happen to get a double or a triple you just say okay i'm just gonna make one double or one triple and then the next hole i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna par it or i'm gonna par the next three or four and it's so like the round that i played where i was two under through five yep um you that was the very first round that you ever made the whole number two green in yes. two. Yes. Usually you end up short, and I drained a uh, I drained a fairly long putt for my birdie on that. Yes, yes, yeah, because we were in the group behind you, and I watched you drain it, and I was like, "Oh, Alvin looks on today." <laughs> but if you put something like that like that together with the next with the seventy seven I shot, where there was no double bogeys in the round at all, correct. Right, you put those kind of rounds together. And, yeah, and, you start and, making birdies with them, and then, then you, you can... start creeping a little closer to that seventy mark, right? And that, uh, I mean, I didn't never thought we would kind of get there, but now that we're playing, uh, that's that's not so unrealistic. I no. mean, I think a sixty nine might be a little unrealistic, but getting into the seventy two, seventy three, I think we get low seventies. Right, I, I think we can get low seventies, and if you had absolutely everything go right, where your where your yeah. putters just drain and everything, yeah. you you could get into the sixties. Oh, and speaking of that, so the last few practice rounds, um, I'm strictly a Strixon golf ball guy. Yep. I've used Strixon for the past two seasons. So I have a bunch of golf balls at home, so I started bringing some different brands out to my practice rounds. So we're talking Callaway's, Top Flights, you know, even some Wilson's, um, even Kirkland. I tried Kirkland ball, and they're good. 
they would never replace the Srixen that I'm using, uh, but I did pull out, for the first time, Titleist Pro V1s. And I'm not a Titleist Pro V1 kind of guy, but I will admit that the last couple times I've used those golf balls, I've been really happy with the, with the results. See, and I've been playing my... Continue to the point where I would consider switching to a Titleist <laughs> Pro V1 for event days. That could get not expensive. Yet. Not yet, but I'm almost there. That's something I never thought I would do, but I really like them. See, I run. I I just bounce between my vice balls, and I and then I started using some uh, Bridgestone E sixes because they're low spin. Yep, and, and it really and all, help, it helps with my those, uh, slice. Those Bridgestones have been really good for you. And I mean, I love how I love how they feel off the club fa- or the putter face when when I'm putting. So that works really well. Uh, and I mean, I put up some low eighty rounds with my uh, vice balls as well. Just kind of depends on the day. The vice balls are s- slightly heavier mm-hmm. or like slightly harder. So they roll a little bit more. And sometimes on out on Cottonwood, the greens can be a little slow. So having that extra little bit of roll is nice. Yeah. But it's I yeah. still think you play better with the Bridgestones. Not that we're we notice a huge difference when we're changing this type of thing because we're still we're just hacker. But you get comfortable with something. Like I was I've always been comfortable with Strixon. Yes. Right? Because then you don't have to think about that's the golf ball I use. That's it. Yeah, and uh, and I use some different ones just just to test, and it's I mean it's just a round of golf, right? But yeah, and uh, I mean it, the Titleist Pro V ones, I really like the flight on them. I'm not gonna lie, I really do. So we'll see where that goes. I right? just got to keep hitting good shots, no matter the ball. Yeah, I, I think the only place that I really notice a difference in golf balls uh, is on the putting green. Like I can uh, really yeah. tell yeah, the yeah. difference coming yeah. off the club face. I, I couldn't tell you the difference coming off the driver or the irons, really. But on the putting surface, I can tell, I, like, there's some balls that you hit and they're just hard. I don't like that. I don't like how that feels. I, I like a little, it doesn't allow enough feel for me. Yeah. And, and, I mean, out there, like, my brother Josh will tell you that every ball he putts with is different. And it's, and it's <laughs> and he really hates playing with not Sirixons or balls right. that are soft to putt with. But, yeah, so, no, we're, we're getting excited. I know it's been a long, this has been a long podcast. And uh, we're going to wrap it up and. Get ready for, uh, you're going to get ready for tournament day on Sunday. Sunday and yep. I'm going to head out and uh, get some golfing and some holidays. And we'll probably check back in uh, a few weeks here and kind of update everybody. We're only two and a half months out from our tour championship. Yep. And it's yep. coming quick. It's coming quick. And um, I mean, winter's going to be here before we know it. And we're going to, uh, golf season's going to be over. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think before the end of the year, we're going to try and get um, a doubles best ball between the mo- some mulligans and hackers guys. Absolutely. I think we're going to try that. I, and I think we should try a skins game as well. Yeah, be- you want to play some be- skins? Between between uh, members. Okay. It should be t- between people who have memberships. Yeah. We go down and we play skins like buck a hole. Yeah. Right? And if you have three or four guys, well, it's not going to be any more than $18 per guy if you lose all the holes. But it's, it's you know, if you win, then you win a few bucks, right? Absolutely. I think we should try that. I'm down for that. That's a a great idea. We'll get McKeon involved in that one. Oh, he'll be all over that. Yeah, you bet. But anyways, you guys uh, have a great evening. May your mulligans be plenty and your hacks be findable. And we'll uh, catch you in a few weeks. Later. Later.